0: Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection, and sometimes disconnect, between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. (laughs) All right. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hi, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right, actually. Allergy season has kicked in with a vengeance. <laughs> all the beautiful blooms on all the trees and all the cacti and all that. It's so nice to look at. And then you walk outside and it, it, uh, it's not it's, nice. It, 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 it's it, still nice no to one, look at. It. It's just not no nice, nice. No one in look.
1: America realizes is that that is such an American saying. What? When people talk about allergy season. So we had this when we went to America. Be, oh, yeah. Allergy. All the aller- there's loads of allergy. You know, it's allergy season. Oh, all there's allergens around. And people, and if you're British, you're like, Okay, you realize there's allergens around all the time because people are allergic to, you know, milk and apples and weird stuff. I don't Um, breathe apples or milk though. They're they're always (laughs) there. So, so what we, in, the, in, we call it, in the, we still not it's a, still a stupid phrase in the UK we refer to it as hay fever, which obviously is stupid because it's not yeah. hay. Right, right But right. That's what people in the UK refer to, to it. It's like, oh, you know, hay fever. Oh, people talk about the pollen count being high. Yeah. It always makes me give with people to Americans, uh, yeah. Oh, it's allergy season. Yes. That's, that's, all year that's actually. That's all the time. I'm, it's just allergies when all the time. All this stuff
0: blooms out here. That's when it comes to get me, but otherwise um, good. Yeah. I'm usually all right with that. How's uh, did you get any gaming in this last week? uh trying to remember no
1: because scott said he was busy with work so oh. I can't. yeah i'm trying because we did record last week so no i haven't since yeah. last week i have not done any game
0: okay so no. how about you i um i did not actually last saturday you know my, my regular game is saturday nights and saturday during the day i was uh the the game club that i sponsor at this high school in this district um they put on a game day All like right, for a charity fundraising game day and 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 drew a drew some people and some people from the school and other folks from the community show up and play games during the day so i was i was at the school from like 7:30 in the morning to like 5:30 that night so no game no game on saturday for me because i was uh i was done at that point but doesn't Uh, that mean you were running games all day no i was actually when you when Uh, you run a game convention or game day or something like that you don't get to play games what you do is you run around you make sure everyone else is able to play games and i knew that that's what was coming um disappointing no you know it was cool though actually all these kids some of them played magic a couple of them played mech warrior uh or uh yeah and uh or battle tech but the overwhelming majority of the rest of them have, aside from board games, they have only played fifth edition. Like to them, d and is like what Kleenex is to tissue. It's like, they don't even think uh-huh. that there's anything beyond it. And so it was, it was neat that, like for example, some guy showed up and had uh, five Werewolf the Apocalypse characters made. <laughs> and I cajoled a group of these kids into playing. They had never played any non 5e role-playing game and then they it's sat weird, down and played werewolf yeah. the apocalypse so it was it was, cool. it was cool it was neat to put to to see people get to at least in a couple of cases have some opportunities to do something genuinely new for them i was thinking about this the other
1: day because one of the things that if you, you say you know do you know what dnd people are well you know vaguely because people have seen it in you know big ban or stranger yeah. things or they've heard of critical role so people do have this idea the minute you say tabletop role-playing people have no idea what that means. So you have to say, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons. Right. All oh, right, yeah. But then if you try and say, like, well, you know, there's, there's other kinds of role-playing. Again, people, are like, oh. i i I've, I've lost I don't understand. So it's, it's, a, it's good, but it's awkward this thing that, like, it's a gateway to other role-playing games that a lot of people never seem to get past. People just play D&D. Yeah. Uh, I and mean, I never did that because I kind of, you know, I, I, got, I knew it at D&D and I found D&D. And then I got the magazine that was for D&D and it, and it had all this other stuff yeah. in. I wish Dragon magazines still existed in a you know in a that kind of form. I guess magazines don't really exist in that format. Not really.
0: Um, but anyway, yeah, when you when you when you present and manage something like that, you don't get to take part in it. You just flit around and make sure that other people are able to. So it was it was good. I uh, it was good. But um, but we're going to talk about something I think interesting today. Uh, and actually, it connects a little bit to something that I'm doing on the side. The the sample adventure that I'm writing for Eris has a bit of a kind of a horror-ish vibe to it. Uh, so this is going to be useful for me. We're going to talk about, like we've done with fantasy and like we've done with science fiction, we're going to talk about some of the tropes and the challenges and the uh, <coughs> and some ideas for horror, which is yeah. which is really its own
1: thing. It's it's funny because when, when I said we'd do horror initially, I was like, I, this is going to be all Jeremy because I, I don't play horror. you know, I've, I, But most of mostly because I think I've, I've never run or played Call of Cthulhu. So mm. I know nothing about horror. Um, and then I kind of sat and thought about, well, I remember an entire campaign I ran. Okay, I, this a lot. I ran a whole campaign where the bad guy was Cthulhu. But then this was a campaign where it was kind of like modern pulp. You know, at the end, they kill Cthulhu by driving an oil tanker into him and blew it up. So it's not... Not re- not really horror. Okay. Um, but you know, then I've, I've taken
0: uh, the sea yeah. witch and little mermaid. Yeah, it was very much like
1: that. Um, I've run Strad, which was horror to start with before it just went into d And you know, I've I've done Eclipse phase, which has a whole row of elements to it, and yeah. you know, bits of Conan has horror. I've played Ghostbusters, which definitely is not horror. Well, oh. it's weird because they try and make it do both. It's you know, it's comedy horror, so it's bits so- of so I have on and off dabbled in in horror oh and i've played the alien games which just put straight up body count
0: <laughs> i think <laughs> though i think what you're getting at or what i'm hearing is and i, I think what's important especially as a gm as you're sitting down and thinking like genre and vibe uh really at, at the foundation what kind of story uh are you going to work within that horror is not just horror is unique as a genre and the vibe And the storytelling mode and and how things unfold and how the plot functions i think horror is is distinct you can't just say well because there were like you know you play fifth edition and you put in zombies or skeletons or even a vampire like that doesn't mean it's horror no it's it's more than just the the uh the foes the enemies the challenges it's a lot more than that
1: yeah, I think you've already you've used the word. I think horror is very much... We'll, we'll come on to sort of horror tropey things and horror missions. I think you said the word vibe. Mm. I think that's the most important thing of horror. When we played Strad and the first couple of sessions, we made sure the main lights in the room that I play, and they're very bright. So we turned all the main lights off. Okay. So then we had like... And it sounds stupid, but it oh. makes a difference. Instead of being very, very bright we played with like, you know, sort of like the fairy lights around the room and then like another light which Scott had to bring because he couldn't read his sheet. Yeah. <laughs> um, And we played like, you know, spooky music in the background and then it's, you know, it's it's building the the vibe thing, having the, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a wolf howl but then nothing happens. There's a, there's a noise in the background. The kind of stuff, you know, the building thing, it's that, yeah that kind of background stuff. Um, but yeah, on top of that, I think the other thing I'd add is I think there are different kinds of horror. So, so werewolf and vampire are good examples of this, where they're not really, you know, I don't see them as horror games, partly because you're the thing that's meant to be scary. Right. But you can then, it's a, you can do it as a different kind of, work. you can do this very kind of personal horror, kind of what, what am I willing to give up? What am I willing to lose? If I'm a vampire, yeah. or well, am I going to just kill people left, right, and center? Which the trouble is, is that that's what you do in all other role-playing games. <laughs> so it's not an issue. So, but, you know, that, that, what am I, am I going to, you know, the whole lose in your humanity thing. So that's kind of this personal horror, um, which is, you can play that as a very horror thing. It's just a very different kind of, of horror that you're, you're going for. It's, you know, that's not about you being, you know, that's not about the GM scaring the players. That's almost about like the players scaring themselves with what am I willing to do? But it's, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's difficult, that kind of thing, because most players are like, yeah, I, I like to kill everyone. I don't care. No, there's no consequences.
0: Yeah, I think that, that that's a good point. You're you're what someone might hold up. I, I think if you if you were to ask gamers like well, what do you hold up? What what's a what's a classic horror role playing game they're gonna roll out Call of Cthulhu? And I think that those white wolf titles would be mentioned as well, but I agree with you. I actually don't think they are not horror I kind of feel it, like the, the other
1: something like Call of Cthulhu and other things will be horror, Horror, it, not necessarily because there's nasty things, but something that's going to the players going to find know, unsettling or creepy yes. or scary. I think in Vampire Wealth, it's so much less on the GM making the players scared, and I feel like it's a lot more on putting the players in situations where are they going to do the things that slowly their
0: humanity is going to yeah.
1: disappear.
0: I think that um, I think one different. of the things about horror has got to be there's there's that there's the the loss of you know the, the attrition of humanity or the 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 sense that you as the individual or you as a as a person that you have lost control and that you call it in like either the literal food chain or like the cosmic food chain that man is unseated from top billing i think that's a part of horror i mean i think cthulhu the mythos horror does that by saying you know that humanity is this insignificant thing Mm -hmm. that just is not even incidental to these elder gods and so that upends our sense of how important we are in the universe uh the the loss of control you know as like a a ghost haunting a house that you you know things are happening that you don't have control over things that are that are happening that you you think you understand i think this is another element of horror you think you are in control and you think you understand what is going on around you, but the truth is something else is going on that is far more, you know, in control or more powerful than you are. And, and you're going to get it soon enough. I think that those are, those are elements to it. And that's where you don't, you, you lose all of those things and you're not doing horror anymore when the, and you can have scary things, but you're not doing horror when the players, the, the characters are able to really firmly control something completely yeah. and protect themselves or stop something. Like, I think you when, when you have that sense of control, you, you lose horror as a… Yeah, as a I think that's spy. why
1: horror gaming is really difficult because generally, I, you know, a lot of role playing as a power fantasy, I'm, I'm yeah. going to do something that I can't do. Correct. Now in horror games, it's more about there's going to be things there that aren't there in the real world, but most players want to be able to, you know, defeat the bad guy and save the day. And then if you can do that, then I mean, okay, you know, then it's not always going to be that scary. And one of the most awkward things, I think in a horror game, and this is why I like, you know, you, you're not keen on the alien, but I really like the alien games, um, it's because one of the things that's going to happen in most, not all, but in a lot of horror films is there will be a body count. People need to die to tell people that this is a threat. Die or be, they need to suffer. Need to Cthulhu, they need to be consequences. People need to be corrupted. Call a they need to mad, you end know, up in prison.
0: Yeah, beautiful, innocent things need to be like defiled or despoiled or destroyed. Those kinds of things have to happen. I think you're right. If there's a, an escapist tough guy vibe to it the the horror disappears unless there is great cost yeah you know to, to to get to the point where you can exercise your chuck norris your inner chuck norris and just like gun the thing down there must be great sacrifice that takes place to get to that to like unlock that yeah. but it is like, having, hard
1: having played alien twice the, the first time was my the second time we were playing they were playing as marines and there wasn't really a lot of, you know, it was mostly just the aliens didn't come into later on. And it was just bloodbath they all day. It yep. was much better than one I did. I don't know which one it was, but it was one of the earlier ones where, you know, they were part of a crew. And there was only one alien and it, but just mm. slowly, one by one, their, their players are getting whittled down. And sometimes it's by, you know, each other or the those, um, those panic rules where you're not just shooting everyone. <laughs> um okay, we started. but you know at the time it was it was good because the, they were scared of like what do i do should we go yeah. in here should we not go in here and they did get scared for their their characters because they were like we will you know we know that this we could die at any moment yeah um and then that kind of thing you know, puts people on edge so
0: i think it's um, hard too in a lot of games where there's a great deal of meta knowledge like and th- this is why any long time D players uh it's it's really hard to threaten them it's really hard to scare them because everyone knows what the goblin can or can't do you know and everyone knows well that's that ability there's so much meta going on that you can't you can't scare the players by removing control from them and one of the ways that you can remove a sense of control for them is. Put them in a situation where they're dealing with unknowns. They're like, I don't yeah. know what that thing is. The player is thinking, okay, I don't know what that is. I can't deconstruct this from having read the monster manual umpteen times. And that's one of the advantages of DD is that it, it, you can just make up monsters
1: on the fly. Sure. Yeah, you throw a vampire or a werewolf or most undead at people, be like, you know, swing. Uh, then you kind of go, oh, you don't do as much damage as you expect it. Oh, All right. Okay. It's resistant to you know, right. non-magical. Weapon. I'm going to switch to my magic weapon. Or I'm going to use silver. Or I'm going to use magic. And so they're not scared by it. But actually, if you can start, well, yeah, you, that, that's not, it's not being damaged at all. It's yeah. Crap. Yeah. Um, there are things you can do. Um, but I think that, that idea of taking away some of the players' tricks or their control is a good one. The minute you can put a player in a situation where the outcome isn't guaranteed, they don't know what's going to happen, then that's they're the tuned,
0: they're, they're finely tuned, to optimized combinations of feats <laughs> and talents and abilities and plus one, this, that. This. When, when that when the nail that the hammer they use to hit every nail, when that hammer doesn't work, a good player is going to go, oh, OK, bad players is going to get frustrated. But, yeah, OK, what about OK, what about some of the tropes? Let's let's focus on that. Like, I've got my haunted house behind me. I was going to say you've
1: got you've got. Well, I've got, I kind of got one. It doesn't be Vader, but like, you know, if we go in, if we go a lot of horror films, the scary, the single scary bad guy, the Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, um, Freddy, the, the, you know, the scream killer, although they all turn out to be idiot humans, but right. um, So that's now that's a trope. Actually. I don't think you do. You don't see that very easily in role-playing games. Mostly when
0: you say, when you say the one big bad guy, I think that yeah, yeah, Michael Myers, Jason, like the the single source of threat, yeah. is one figure. It's yeah. one figure. What do you, what, I mean? I think that'd be really hard to
1: doing it because in a film that's a trope, but in a in a yeah. game, and again, I think it massively depends what game you've liked. I don't think you can drop that. In, well, that's not true. You can drop it because Strad is kind of like that in a thing. If at lower level you tried to fight, you die.
0: Yeah, but Strad has Strad has all kinds of minions, and there's all kinds of weirdness that exists in Barovia that's because of Strad, yeah. or or in reaction while well, it's because of Strad.
1: Well, I mean, I put Strad up against the very, very like literally at the start, like session one or two, they met Strad, and I did it in a way that to make it realize straight away they they couldn't do anything. Right. Their only option was to sort of barricade themselves into a into a church and hope he went away. Yeah. Because they well, realized he was so super powerful. So the, even in a game like D&D, it is still possible. But the idea of running, you know, the thing is going to keep coming back and back and back and back. I don't think that works. As a, it's, it won't be a mission, right? You're going to go somewhere. There's the thing. It's killing everyone. It just keeps killing everyone. Right. And you're going to, that's a bit yeah, like a monster, a mo- you know, a monster thing. And there's a monster killing people. That, that's, a, that's
0: a trope. Well, you, I think you, you could approach that a couple of different ways. If the monster's killing people, then it's a question of an investigation or a search or tracking to find the thing and then confront it. That's really simple. If it's something that the monster's killing people and the they have to track it down and then there is a twist that, ah, you can't kill it or you can't subdue it without doing this other thing. So, um, I think I think that's super important. I mean, I said I was
1: thinking about supernatural. That's like almost every episode of supernatural is there's yeah. like there's something bad happens and they go and do. It. If straight away they worked out what it was and could stop it, those episodes would be very short. Right. Almost always there's just like if they always
0: it. had the answer going in, yeah. So you but can I'll- add a twist by by providing this thing, here's this problem, this this creature or thing that, that is, you know, either corrupting people, killing people, running, whatever. It's doing its bad thing. They find that out, they identify what it is, and then they get the twist of, yeah, you need this thing to go deal with it.
1: There's that. I think the, the other thing you brought up there is I think there's one thing you see a lot in horror from what I know of called I can't really play, is investigation. Yes. You, you've, you, you, you see the thing, but then you've got to work out what is the thing or yep. what's the history. Like if it's a ghost, you know, a good ghost story, it'd be like, right. Okay. There's a ghost. What does the ghost want? Why is the ghost here? What are like? And then you said it, then it's going So it, it you know, a horror thing might be a lot of having to talk to people and, and look in mm-hmm. things to find out what is, it is what, what are we going to have to do? Um, but now again, then that's a horror trope, but that, it doesn't sound scary at all. So I think. Well, well could,
0: to, I, I think in that though, I mean, we we'll have to
1: do that separately.
0: Whether something is scary, is scary is going to be a matter of of presentation, yeah. buy in, atmosphere back. that you mentioned a, a bit ago. I think you as GM have you have to present it in a way that, like, once it becomes whatever the scary thing is or the thing you're trying to make scary, once it becomes blunt and obvious, it's not scary anymore. Like it yeah. can shock you. You know the alien jumping out and biting someone's head off and then disappearing quickly like that can shock you but it's it's it can cause tension but it's no longer scary in that because i get, there's different flavors of scary like there's creepy which for me is something that it sits in the background and it tickles at the back of your head and it, and it builds up over time but creepy gets blown away when you're you have an m60 and you're shooting at freddy krueger <laughs>
1: <laughs> that make things well, <laughs> unless none of the bullets hurt him, and then it. uh yeah. well, you're right; it's not creepy anymore. No, it's not creepy anymore. That's the kind of stuff that needs to be ideally held till later. I think I think we'll cycle back to the yeah. how to make it scary. But, so but what so other if, kind of tropes we got? So you've got a, a haunted house. Yeah, that's a pretty. set. There's a thingy place you need to go because something's happening there. Right. Um. And again, that, that could be an investigation when you go out there, or it could be a finding a thing, or it could be a, there's lots of different ways, but that's
0: you know, um, I, I think, I think, and you and I, we, we mentioned this when we talked about um sci fi and fantasy tropes. There, there, there are classics that are, that are entirely workable and are not cliched if done well, and you you twist just a bit. Um, I mean, a haunted house or, and a haunted house, I'm just using is just a generic term for haunted location. Um, But don't be afraid of using an actual house. Um, But a haunted location, I mean, that could be either, there's something going on there that we have to deal with either because, uh, like, we're beholden to deal with it. Like, if you're, so, I I ran this game, I mean, this was like 20 years ago. I used the World of Darkness rules to run a, uh, like, a hunter campaign where they were they work for the catholic church they went around and did stuff. So, you by virtue of who you are, you you're going to go you, we're going to go to this place and deal with this cuz bad things are happening there. You could need to go to this place because bad things are happening there and they're beginning to spill out into areas that are of concern to you. Or maybe something has been drawn there that you have to go get, like the dumb teenagers, you know, go and disappear in said haunted house and you have to go retrieve them from it. Um but I think that it's I think those kinds of tropes like that one is, is perfectly useful. Just kind of twisted enough to make it, it, it fresh.
1: Well, I mean like for a sci-fi, cause if you do a sci-fi horror that, that you, you know, you, have a, it's like an event horizon. Ooh. Um, you know, you have a, there's a haunted spaceship. It's not, obviously mm. it's not haunted, but it's, there's something on the, oh, and that's yeah. alien again, uh, arguably you alien is like a mix of these two. Um, particularly the second one. There's a planet they go to where there's some things. I mean, that alien stops being horror very quickly. Whereas the yeah. first one it is the first one's a horror film. Totally. Um, because you don't see the
0: thing until the and end the, no, the, the second one has has shocks. Yes. That will that can make you jump. And those those jump scares are really useful in uh in, in horror movies. But just because there's a jump scare from something horrific doesn't mean that it's horror. And Aliens is absolutely not horror. Great movie, but not horror. But, but back to a haunted house or haunted location, uh, a mine, a uh, whatever. Um, how could you – what do you think you could do to make that, um, make that fresh I think and not cliched but still rely on is, the trope to, to help communicate what's going on?
1: I think one of the things is like what is the form of the haunting? If it's just a ghost or a bunch of ghosts in the house, that's nothing new. Well, what happens if it's the house itself, like literally the physical house itself? is it's like a, you know, a, like a live, it can move, you know, the d- doors, walls can move and rooms can change and stuff. Now that's, that's, I probably, someone's seen that because someone will have seen a way more horror than I have because horror is like, I don't watch horror. Um, that's one. Another thing, again, we could do this very easily in D&D is, you know, something like a fancy game like that is, is, you know, what happens if you have this haunted location, but actually almost like, you know, every door is like a portal to another mm-hmm. different world thing. Um, so literally, you know, you go through a door and you're in a completely different place. you know, the kind of, you open the door and there's like, no, I don't, I shut the door again. That, that kind of thing. That's again, that's a, that's a
0: haunted place, but that's, um, you know, it could be interesting actually, if you, for, for the person who wants to make a map, for the person who wants to make a map, but the GM wants to do that, a map of a house, let's, let's say it's a house or a castle, whatever, um, multi-room structure, multi-floor, you could make a map and you could much like clue. The board game you could go number the rooms and as people move through certain kinds of doors if you really wanted to put a spin on things you could randomize and just roll <laughs> you appear here you appear there i mean no but, but that would be like the house is doing something the house is deciding where yeah. you go next depending on which door you go through but it's not necessarily the same like each door doesn't take you to the same yeah. destination
1: that would really mess with, like you said, because players like to map things and then you'd be well, wait, sure. wait a minute. No, but we went through that door. And so right. if we went through here and turned right and right and right, we should have got back to where it were. Yeah, you should have, but you know. But yeah. you didn't. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to leave all the doors open and walk back
0: through the doors. No, they all then. have springs on them. They all close automatically. Even if they don't close, you just, yeah, that
1: doesn't happen. You know, unless you just, you know.
0: You know, something else that you could, could do, do with like the, that. something <laughs> else that you could do with the, um the haunted houses, you could potentially, I mean, the house as the creature, as the thing is good. You could also have much like, well, I mean, you know, some dungeons are made with competing factions. What if there are competing factions of spiritual forces? And not that there are good. I mean, they're all rotten. They just have, they, they have, you know, they compete with one another over something. That could, that could make that things kind of interesting. Add some, some layers and flavor. Like different parts of the house operate or different parts of the location operate differently because they're governed by a different faction of spiritual baddies. We could, we could also do the
1: Scooby-Doo trope that it's not actually haunted at all. It's
0: <laughs> Actually, you know what? <laughs> it's That's not a bad mask. idea. I
1: mean, well, hey. And he would have gotten away with it if it was you pesky, it, it, it,
0: What would prevent a like actually that could be kind of fun and and maybe even a little cool like you could have for for a fantasy game what's to stop an illusionist from making an area like the old mill you know by the river making it seem haunted (laughs) so people stay away from it and really what they're doing is they're 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 cattle rustlers or something like that they're still really that there's that's a great idea They're stealing things because that would be cool, actually, because you would in that situation, I think the players would believe through their characters. Oh, yeah, that's the haunted mill. We're going to go out there and, you know, we're going to go out there and deal with a bunch of beasties. And then they go out there and like, wait a minute, it's like this bandit crew with a couple of illusionists and some like glamored clothing that makes them appear like werewolves or something like that. Actually, that would be cool. I like that. What well, other tropes have we got then? I and mean, I guess the other thing
1: is if you kind of think of a werewolfy type trope in terms of there's someone that at certain times of the day is turning into something. So it's a it's a spin of the, you know, the bad guy this monster, because they're not there all the time. That makes it yeah. quite difficult to track down someone That's that it's only at night time that they're turning into this monster and the rest of the time they're normal. So then, you know, how do you know who the how do you know who the actual
0: something else though back back to your point about like the one baddie um and if it is only one like if if you're tracking a werewolf okay or something like that i like the idea that the don't forget about the 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 complicating factor of this thing is only what it is a lycanthrope sometimes and only under certain circumstances so that makes tracking the thing challenging i think um another thing that you'd want to consider if you only wanted to have one um is let's say you're dealing with a, a a werewolf or something like that some kind of you know killer monster that's offing people in some town you can you could complicate the character's investigation and tracking of the thing by having other groups other groups and you know the the townies and their pitchforks <laughs> they go after it in a different way and maybe maybe part of the threat and that sometimes happens we see that often in zombie movies where one of the subtexts is like when does man become a savage when he's so you could have the main threat is the thing but the other complicating factors come from non-player characters that are mundane in nature who react to the thing in such a way that it makes the players the player characters lives more challenging or difficult so that that's another thing that that, i guess you could add that into any of these
1: Having said zombie, that makes me think of another trope, the kind of the survival thing that, yep. I mean, I've seen that. bunch of, so has got some zombie films are like that. Can you survive in this location yep. in that time or various? I mean, there's that, there's that kind of vampire film where it's set in Alaska where, was it 30 oh, days a yeah, night?
0: It's, uh, yeah, I know what you're it, about. It's
1: not great, but the principle's good that like, you're not going to have any daylight for 30 days and the place is overrun with, you know, with vampires. Um, or, uh I think survival. Oh, there's a film called Dog Soldiers tough. I saw ages ago where they just had to survive, again, survive into the next day. So, the kind of thing where you've just got, you've got a time span. If you can survive, well, pitch black as well, actually. Yeah. So, that, that's, that's kind of, that's a, a reasonable trope. that, you know, can you survive this long? The trouble is you could see that easily just as, again, as a game. Does it work if it's just you in a small, enclosed location and what you're really trying to do is stop anyone coming in? I think you'd have to have something else as the impetus to not just, we're just going to stay in this building yeah. and hope nothing comes in you'd have to have a reason to go out like yeah. you need one thing maybe we go into this and then we go in some other ways it scarier i think one thing that you need a lot in a lot of these horror things is you need other npcs you need the guy that's going to run out of the building that you're going to going to have to go and rescue you need the person that's you know the friend or the the partner or whatever of the pcs that you can kill to show that the situation is you know is real or the reason they go to the haunted mansion is because you know, one of their, a family member has gone to the Haunted Mansion already. I think having that, those extra characters in it, because, you know, most horror films, someone's going to die and you can't, you can't kill a PC in the Mm. opening reel. Uh, What you can do, which I really, I do like the idea, is giving the PCs a bunch of other players to play, like an initial, you know, like the opening thing in a film and they're going to die. And then now they're their PCs. So now they're like, and you don't don't have to show it.
0: You know, that would work in either the, call it like the single stalker, the single threat that could work in that. And it could also work in a survival horror thing. The thing with survival horror is that it's, it's horror because there's usually a subtext of that, that, that loss of control. Like civilization disappears. What do you do now? Uh, And that's very jarring and unsettling. And then there's also the loss of control as like in a zombie movie, like you become food. Nobody wants to be that. Um, and then again, there's that subtext of what happens when civil is when that when the rug gets yanked out from underneath civilization. How do people start behaving toward one another? So, again, you can you can use I think you're right. You need. um or uh, such a game could be enhanced by having additional having NPCs that you put to use either to demonstrate the horribleness of the situation or to point back to that question over like humanity and morality and behavior. Um, have we got any other tropes, or should we have
1: a quick think about how to actually make? Because like we said, it's the vibe that makes it horror. Any more tropes, or should we have a quick look at? How you got a haunted house. You've got scary. like
0: the 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 single threat stalker you got survival horror um no let's talk about how Let, let's 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 instead of trying to cast a you know really really wide net let's let's focus and and talk about how to make those actually creepy
1: i think some of this we've already kind of alluded to. i think if you're genuinely trying to make because yeah so creepy is one thing creepy is about the atmosphere and the tension i think if you're going that way you need to build you need to have high level but you need to build it and the best way to do it, you, you need creepy things which then have like jump scare, you know, it's a cat. It's not the, it's not the, it's a Mm -hmm. goblin comes "Ah!" and you know, it's, you need those little jump scares where someone thinks it's something really bad, but it's it's not, but they got, they were, you were building the tension up to it and then you can drop it off. You definitely need to leave anything big for the end, whether it's, you know, we don't see the alien until the end of Alien. We don't see the shark until the end of Jaws. Again, I'm using film things. I think the same principle works. And again, the minute you actually, the minute you can see and confront the whatever it is, uh, and have a plan, then I think you'll lose in a lot of it. Unless, you know, once like the, I said.
0: Once the unknown becomes fully known. Yeah. I mean, there's a great, you know, the, the, the great scene in, in Aliens when you we up the ante by seeing the queen in her chamber. Yeah. Okay. But then once that, like, you see the thing and then once she rises and she's, you know, in full, then it, the, the, the tension lets off a little bit because it becomes something more concrete. One yeah. of the great challenges is not breaking that buildup because the moment someone's and, and this is where players will destroy your <laughs> your well tuned story because someone will tell a fart joke or something stupid and it just absolutely yeah. destroys the mood and it's and so I think that if you want to do creepy if you want to do shocking if you want to do horrific shredded bodies and stuff like that like that is yeah you can do that. With less upfront player buy-in, if you want to do creepy, either you are a great storyteller who can draw people in, great mood setter, or you explicitly need buy-in. Like, hey, folks, I put a lot of work into this. I really want you to, to buy in, so let's let's keep the Monty Python crap to a, a nothing. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think,
1: I think without the player buy-in, it's, it, it's not going to work um and then for it depends on your you know it depends on your players because if they're not scared it's particularly if you've got a mix of people so some of them might generally be finding what you're doing eerie even if it's just noises in the background and it's a a bulging picture there'll be other people that are just like i mean it's like various times like you know so it doesn't work with scott and brian because scott you can get scott scared brian doesn't get scared i remember like sitting there watching horror films like with me, Scott and Brian in the cinema and me and Scott are like, oh my God, I can't watch this. Yeah. And Brian's like, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Some people are like, they, I, I think they, it, either they just, for whatever reason, like maybe they don't put themselves fully into the, like, what would it be like to be in that actual situation? Whatever. But yeah, some people, it's hard to to do that with.
1: Yeah, you de- definitely play a bind. Um, I, Like I said, I think, I think a slow build is important. I yep. think you use the other things at your disposal. You know make sh- do use music, do use lighting, um do use props, and just glimpses of things don't don't we've already kind of said it, but like hint at things there's scratches yep. here there's there's there'ss yeah, there's classic stuff, yeah, um well pulled blood in that cell then, but yeah, just noises and you see something out of the corner of the eye. The other good thing is to you know mess with your players, they don't all have to see you know a lot of notes to players,
0: just yeah. Even I if think it's really it's,
1: nondescript it's like whisper into. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna talk to this one player.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that's how you, you know. Do the psychological. That's the one thing where you can start messing with people because that's the time. Even I can't, can't get Brian to be scared, but I can mess with Brian by talking to Scott. And Brian knows he's missing something mm. because he doesn't know what's going on because I haven't told him. It could be completely in, like nondescript, inane stuff. But the minute one player starts feeling like, I, what, "What does everybody else know that I don't know?" What am I missing? Yeah. Um, the old classic making people make perception rolls for, for nothing.
0: Yeah. I think, too, that this would benefit, that kind of approach would benefit from more preparation by the GM yes. on the yeah. front end. Like, if you have different notes, like I think that would actually be really cool if the, say, you walk into a room and each of the players, <laughs> each of the characters sees something different. Like, there's something within the the maybe what's going on in the room or what's in the room or some perception of the room that is different. You're gonna to have to write that stuff up in advance. Cause again, you know, we all know this that like you can kill mood and tension at the table. Like well, the moment you start flipping through a rule book or the moment you start like writing things out. Oh, hold on, hold on. The 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 balloon you're trying to inflate and keep tense immediately starts to to deflate. But I the big thing with this, and this is the hard, hard thing is with creepy it has to be slow it has to be steady consistent and and subtle i remember when i was running that like catholic avengers uh game whatever you want to call it they were going after uh did you ever see that that ridiculous uh 70s horror movie with the the flying spinning chrome balls um oh i know what you're talking about I've never seen it, but yeah, I am aware What? Of it. Oh, my golly. Oh,
1: I, I can't believe i Well, forgetting. if it came out in the 70s, I would have been like a kid in the 80s and I didn't watch, I really, I, I got scared watching, Like, I still get scared watching Ghostbusters. What
0: was it time. called? I can't believe I'm forgetting what that, uh, that. it was such a great schlock horror movie. Anyway, this. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't inter- watch horror
1: films until I was in my 20s okay. because I couldn't um, cope as a
0: kid. Uh, anyway, it, um, Phantasm. Yes, Phantasm. So I, I kind of riffed off that. And there were uh, there were bodies that were being stolen from Catholic cemeteries, and so they were trying to figure out what the heck was going on. And so they so the investigation I think that's that is so that's such a uh, uh, that's such a central part to a horror a lot of horror games is you're trying to figure out what is going on, and during the figuring out of what is going on, that's when you the GM are trying to lay these subtle clues that build up the creepiness. Anyway, when they finally got to the point where they were about to confront the thing, I had been trying. I've been, you know, trying to be creepy, trying to whatever, s- slow and steady. Uh, and they bought in, but, uh, but I got them. I got them because in the reveal moment, I, I had this, this moment where I, I didn't stress the fact that it, it was raining. And then when the, beast, when the thing appeared, um, the rain stopped the way I was talking I, I say, oh yeah. So uh, now the, the the rain stopped falling, and um, and then I mentioned how they were they as they were like moving through the cemetery, how they were still getting wet in the rain, and they said, "Well, did it stop raining?" I said, "No, the rain just stopped falling." <laughs> so the rain had just stopped. <laughs> like midair. And and I don't know how it was that I described it. Like it was it was just a cool, like unsettling moment. Like that's just not right. And I think that's one of the essential elements of horror. You have to put things and that, that's why like Cthulhu is in some ways is is easy. Like you present something that is fundamentally not right. It is at odds with the players and the player characters perceptions of what is so and what can be so. And once you go outside the box of what they consider to be possible, that's when you really get to get to screw with them and, and, and they get unsettled. But again, if uh, if it's too blunt and too obvious, then once it's all there, yeah, it, 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 it's hard to it's hard to make it scary. Yeah, I think it's
1: generally horror is difficult. I mean, we've kind of mentioned it in the past, I I don't see how you can do horror as a campaign, partly because every time the uh, the PCs survive yet another horrific thing, yeah. you kind of have that desensitization of like, you know, well, we can survive. It's You're, gonna, you're not going to, eventually you'll stop buying it. Also the amount of work to, to do horror properly, like you said, that's a lot of GM prep. At yeah. some point, you can't keep that level up. Uh, And that's why, you know, I think horror probably does work better as a, when you've got, it's a short form thing, you know, a couple of sessions, not, not running it for a campaign. Because, yeah, the idea of a caller, well, I think it's one of those things in a Caller Kudu Thulu campaign, all the players either die or go mad anyway, so.
0: But you know what, like, I think that the only way a long-term horror campaign could work is if it is heavy on investigation. Because what else? I mean, or or the, are there? Is there some kind of like major baddie that through investigation you realize you're really after, and so you're dealing with the smaller problems and things that it creates as you try to move up the chain to get it? I guess that could work, but either way, you will need players who are okay with long term investment for eventual payoff. You can't. you're not going to do that well with players who are like, I want to kick down the door (laughs) or uh, when, when do I, when do I hit fourth level? You know, you're, you're not, you're going to need the players who are like, I'm okay with delayed gratification. I, I am willing to, as a player put in the time to, to build this investigation and then reach the satisfaction of some kind of culmination that maybe, you know, ends in the characters being driven mad or eaten or, or, they win, but they're shattered as people. You know, like the ending <laughs> of it. You know, <laughs> yeah, they win, but it, at, at at incredible cost. Your typical gamers are probably not going to buy into that, not for the long term. No, I don't think it depends what kind of games
1: what they're playing. Yeah, I think trying to five e players are yeah different.
0: No, but, well that's yeah, and and so I, it goes back to what you just said. I think horror works best if you want to do like shock horror, a one off. That's why Alien is so perfect for that. I think your three to four sessions, time enough to sink in to the plot, time enough to get into the characters, either pre-generated or, or that they made, and, um, and go do it. I had, um, I had a really good time with, and I know I've mentioned this before, but Chill 3rd Edition, which is no longer supported by, I think you can still get it on Drive Thru. Uh, 3rd Edition had a really good investigation mechanic. Either investigating a site, investigating information like in archives, or interviewing people. There were three different means by which you could gather information. And it, did, it worked really well. And that's the kind of game that you could do a short arc. And here's my suggestion for, for horror, whether it's like shock horror or whether it's creepy horror. You could make a, a group of characters, run a three to four session you know, run, and then put it aside. Yeah. And you go play something else, and when you want a palate cleanser, you blow the dust off those characters, and they have another adventure. And they can even be somewhat similar. 15 Seasons of Supernatural proves that that model works. <laughs> but because you're not playing it all the time, you know, you uh, there's a degree of freshness, I think, that's... Uh, that's preserved. Yeah, I think
1: it's it is difficult when you if you you when you try and do horror. You, it's so easy and tempting to take from like film or literature. But whereas you can do fifteen seasons of Supernatural and occasionally have like multiple episodes being a bit creepy or a bit scary or whatever else. I just don't see how you can do that with players because the players at some point will be like, "Why am I getting better at this?" Yeah, why? Yeah. Why aren't I just taking a gun to solve all my
0: problems? Yeah. Well, that, and that, that's, that's where I think that if you were to try to do something longer term to get people to sink into it, you're going to need a different kind of player. I also suggest that you – I mean, watching horror movies is, is fine, you know, watching different kinds of horror movies. But I also suggest, obviously, reading uh you know to get ideas i read a book a couple of years ago called haunted by a guy named james herbert um i think he's a british author actually and that book was really good It it was a haunted house it had a ghost hunter, and it had some creepy twists in it that absolutely made sense. As a matter of fact, by the end of the book, I really had a sense of like, Ooh, yuck, <laughs> not grossed out, but like that's creepy because it felt so wrong. <laughs> um, so I, I, I recommend I recommend that book uh, as a good haunted house with a twist on the end of it. Um, World War Z, the book. Don't watch the movie. It sucks. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> World War Z, the book, is very good. What else? What other advice can we give? Or what other ideas or, or maybe like reflections or experiences we had and advice we can give based on those things? Yeah, I mean, I think most
1: of the stuff I've, I, I, like I said, I haven't done horror a lot, but certainly mm-hmm. the having the right atmosphere and getting the buy-in from your players and then just building slowly, I think is it's kind of key really yeah definitely whereas i feel like i could wing a sci-fi game or a fantasy game i would never try to just wing a horror game because you need to have worked out exactly what's happening and why and how you're doing it and like you said there's nothing kills the atmosphere more than i'm just gonna
0: have to stop and read the rules right
1: check this or do this thing
0: um yeah once you have a uh once there's a mood set if you 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 try to You try to do that; it ain't ain't gonna work. Let's see. uh... I think
1: generally horror horror is just hard, and I don't think it's a thing which naturally lends itself to role playing. And this is kind of backed up by the fact that I've I've looked at horror on drive-through, and most of these I don't consider to be horror. We got like it starts off with Warhammer Forty Thousand. It's like yeah, I know that can be scary, but it's not that scary. And then it's got you know our usual vampire and werewolf. Like all the Cthulhu's, not even in the top ten. Right. So I feel like the downside of drive through is that you can just tag your products with whatever you genre you want it to appear in yep. whether it is that or or isn't
0: um okay here i'll 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 verify this chill third edition is available on drive through uh it it still is available the quick start is free uh the quick start was pretty good um and there are i don't know if hmm One thing that the company that had put out third edition did a nice job of is they they put out a series of short adventures, free PDF adventures when during the time that the thing was alive as a as a property. And um, and those were those were for the most part, some of them were like the stories were like weird, like I wouldn't run them, but some of them were um, were actually very well done in, in terms of how explaining how to do their investigative system. All the chill second edition stuff is available also. And um, that was similar to, but third edition was a, a lot better. So surprised though. It's a little pricey. $25 for the PDF is seems like a lot, but that that's a is, good system. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I would I recommend, you know, I'll I'll put the link in there to the the quick start. Uh it's funny actually. The last time I ran that quick start, uh all of the 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 the, char- the player characters, they they tried to like do the kick in the door and whoop the monster's ass approach, no, and it was God. a TPK. <laughs> like the like they the house the beastie in the house took them, and that was it. And they <laughs> and there was it was funny actually because there was some indignation in the party of the players. They're like, what what what? what? Like, duh! Like you didn't find out what its weakness was. You know, you shot at it. It didn't care. It, it its giant dog killed you. And that's the end of it. Or maybe didn't kill you, dragged you off into the house. And that's the end of you. Uh, so that was, that was pretty good. I'll put a link to that.
1: I think definitely you need a lot of things, right. To work horror horror. I mean, yeah. ideally having that, this is why something like five years more difficult. It's easier to do horror when the players aren't capable. Like I said, like, having played Alien, when they when they were Marines, yes, they had guns, but then it wasn't scary because they were like, "Well, I've got guns and we'll be okay." When they or had they're... no weapons
0: at all, that's that's scarier. You, you have to go, and, you know, cobble something together. If they think they're capable, that can be a that can be an inroad. An on-ramp to good horror is when they think they're capable, and then you demonstrate to them that, given this situation, they're actually not. Like You might be able to kick ass with your machine gun and do all kinds of stuff like that, but guess what? That doesn't work here. That can be jarring. But I think what the one of the problems with 5e and your D20 level-based games is that there is this expectation of power growth. The more I play, the, the more powerful my character gets, and uh, and there also is a an unexamined assumption that the, the characters will always kick ass, and not only kick ass and win, and so that uh that 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 makes it that makes it hard. Yeah, it's also quite
1: difficult. And so, what one one thing that you ideally would have in in most horror things for players is that players that will run, players that will realize that yeah. we're in too deep and we're going to run, and that almost never ever happens.
0: I have an idea how you could, you know, you mentioned earlier the the idea of using, uh, having some NPCs that or would be like part time player characters, like almost like Avatar type characters for the players where, okay, you're going to play these characters for this opening scene. So you establish to the players, this thing is horrible, but you don't reveal a lot about its nature or its capacity or its intentions or whatever. So you could... You could present that to the players by giving them a group of, you know, the teenagers at the lake that get (laughs) absolutely horrifically dealt with you know by whatever the thing is and now it goes to the investigators okay you know what happened look look we're we're sitting down for a horror role-playing session we know what's going on here but the question is in detail what is going on so you could bake that in for the players so that they get hey listen this thing is not going to it's not going to respond well to you and your machine gun yeah it's the kind of thing I think if you're going to
1: do that, you don't want to show it, but this is possible. You, you see a, you see a shape. There's a shape coming out. You know, if you're doing it right at the start, you're, there's a shape, right? Roll. They rolled hit. Okay. You you don't do any damage. And then, you know, just roll a ton of dice for how much it's going to do to play. Yeah. That's 150 hit points. Oh, this character. Oh, well, I guess they're dead. Yeah. All they know is this thing's going to be scary, but I've, trying to set that up ahead of time is quite, you know, difficult. I mean, that was one good thing about playing, um, Oh, what's the one where they play as kids that I play? Tales from the Loop. Yeah. They knew they were only playing as teenagers. They didn't have weapons. Right. So there were situations where they went, well, we're not going to try and go toe-to-toe with these bad guys because only one of us is even remotely good at fighting. And his only weapon is his skateboard. And he's already broken that in the first game. It's like, (laughs) you know, that was the kind of thing. So they, they, having the, you know, having, knowing that the players aren't that strong, you know, in Stranger Things, they do run away a lot because at the end of the day, they are just kids. They are not walking right. around with guns. The but, minute you give people weapons, I think it does make them a bit more gung-ho.
0: But they have their alpha. <laughs> well, yeah. They have their slayer. Yes, they do. Yeah.
1: Um, All right. So I think, yeah, it is, it is, you've got to set a lot of things up to do yeah. horror things properly,
0: but it can be fun. And I think that, in, that maintaining those things is very difficult over the long term. It's easier to put in the work on a practical side, as a GM, you put in the work, this is three or four sessions, this is one session, and I'm done with it. Um, I think that maintaining it over time because of the amount of work it would take from the GM and the amount of commitment and that from the players, and I think that there's always the natural in every group, There is an, even if you step outside of the, the norms for the group, over time, there is going to be a natural bend back toward the norm. And so people over time are going to – they're going to turn back into the player they typically yeah. are. But for two or three or four sessions, they might be able to resist that, that natural pull toward the, the mean.
1: I think 2D20 can be both good, like a, a good thing and a bad thing for doing this because on the one side, 2D20 lends itself to players being able to be a bit more capable because you've got this way of like spending fortune or yeah. building up threat. So if every time, well, oh, I think I'm going to fail this role, I'll build up threat. But actually, if you can get the players to waste an awful lot, well, build up an awful lot of threat by pointless, you know, open, unlocking doors or investigation mm. checks or perception all the way through the adventure. So you build a giant stack of threat, which you just never spend. You That's just never spend idea. it. And then actually you can do things, you know, spend the threat, not necessarily on the final account, but doing things like, right, I'm going to spend some threat. You're separated. What do you mean we're separated? Uh, well, was one of you walked with all the doors the door shut? And yeah. now you're separate. Oh, crap. That yeah, would so actually,
0: you know, do that things to mess a, with the players. It'd be a good thing to establish As hey, listen, because I mean, look, there are some adventures that I've seen that say because of the threat level of the danger level of this adventure, the GM starts with three threat per player. OK. You could just start off with two, but just let everyone know, listen, like in the haunted house, the longer you're in the haunted house, the more threats going to build up. I think I'd quite happily start with none, but in the knowledge that
1: there's nothing that I need to spend it on to start with, but I'm going to give the players lots of opportunities yeah. of roles where they can spend threat, but you know, with things with high difficulties. So they're not going to build a ton of momentum, but they need to, they're going to be buying threat and you can just have that nice big threat pile stacking well, up. Also and then though, I mean,
0: I, I've, I've done things. this. I have used threat as a threat, as a promise when, when <laughs> players dither. Yeah. Like I'm you need to it. make up your mind. Like you're supposed to be the expert here. I'm going to count down five, four, three, two, one. When I get to nothing, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give myself threat for you dithering. Yeah. Um. But you could state that up front. Like, listen, you know, the, the, let, let's say you have uh, the, the impetus to adventure is someone is kidnapped and. They're they, you know they they or they get lost in the haunted house and you need to go find them. Well, obviously the longer they're there, the more they're going to get corrupted, messed with, brutalized, turned into one of the legions of the undead, something like that. And so, threat will naturally build up. The longer you you take, so you just yep. just state that, you know, and maybe attach some kind of time frame to it. But yeah, that's a yeah. I think also though with with two d twenty having the stress mechanic that is all stress is naturally regenerated at the end of every scene that lends to the cinematic mode but it also takes away from the horror maybe you maybe you could do this instead of um i mean wounds physical wounds linger but maybe you say listen as long as you're in this house or as long as you yeah. suffer the taint of the whatever the beastie you're that you're trying away. you or or you don't recover resolve if you yeah. if you're using a 2D20 system that is a split stress track, the mental side of it that doesn't go away. Why not?
1: I think an, another thing I'd be tempted to do is to go, you 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 don't have fortune or determination. You, well, why not? It's in the rules. Or you not just have this, one. Not in this version. No, I don't yeah. even want to have one. <laughs> no, we're playing this hardcore. This is hardcore rules. None of that.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, um, that's a that's yeah. a good idea. You could by, by rationing or limiting the dramatic resources they have to be successful that 2D20 pr- provides that I think makes 2D20 shine, you can, you can crimp them a little bit yeah. and make their life more difficult, force them hopefully to make more prudent uh, decisions as they move through things because they recognize that their, their action economy is um, in a recession.
1: You could also make threat cheaper than momentum. So you could, you could go Ooh. to the... Th- like a threat's like the old school, just it was just a one to one as opposed to the building one. So players oh. would be more tempted to buy the threat. Because they oh, take a the really e- good
0: idea. Take the yeah. easy
1: street. Oh, we could oh, I could use my mem- I've only got one point of momentum. Oh, but actually I can okay. I can do
0: this easy with threat. I'm gonna you can see the other players go, No, why are we doing well, Actually that that would be that would mm. and you the GM, you could oh, you could be like the 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 <laughs> the temptress the tempter on the left shoulder going, come on. No, hey, you know what? That would cost you three momentum. Would you do it for two threat?
1: <laughs> you could do that. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be good. All right. Or be start being mean. Get a d- different threat costs for different players. I'm going to offer you this deal, but you're not getting it. Why am I being mistreated?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Turn them against each other.
0: Interesting. All right. Uh, anything else
1: some ideas no i think we've we've given some ideas. like i said horror isn't exactly my forte so if anyone's if people found any of this useful then
0: job done i hope so i hope so yeah all right cool and hopefully people will jump in i would love to hear from a gm's perspective you jump on the discord and share your comments or in on youtube how how have you scared your players because there's it's it's games that have good fear mechanics for characters that's terrific but have you ever actually been able to creep out your players if so how not just the thing that you did but how did you build it up to make it happen because if we could share those ideas that would be wonderful for us and creepy for them (laughs) suck it (laughs) blaze Thanks, as always, for listening to Fluff and Crunch. The link to join our Discord is in the notes to this episode. Please do chime in with your ideas, GMs or players. If you had a GM who creeped you out, who scared you, gave you the heebie-jeebies as a player, share those ideas. I think that we could all benefit from that. Something else also, if you are involved in or looking to get involved in the Modifius' 2d20 World Builders Program. If you intend to write something, anything, jump in on our Discord. We would love to start putting together a list of people who are or are going to publish things. We'd love to review your stuff. We'd love to put reviews of your your uh, your games and your content out there, and we'd love to you know just try to promote the whole program and, and people playing 2d 20 games and adding to the list of games that exist within that system. So do that. Thanks.